This morning is a special day as we introduce our goals and our budget for 2023. And Jim has already said a few things about last year and coming into this year. We want to continue those thoughts uh, this morning in the lesson. Before I get into it, though, let me tell you about a few things you can pick up at the Welcome Center if you haven't done so already. There's a one-pager of the budget out there. And on the back side of it is a crossword puzzle related to our goals, which I will be introducing this morning. So make sure you get a copy of that. And if you want more detail on the budget, all you have to do is ask. We can give you more details. But that's the overview. And we'll probably answer most of the questions that, that you have. Another thing is uh, there are stickers and magnets to help you remember the goals all year long. Make sure you pick those up. Those are really good ways to remember what's going on here in 2023. And uh, you've probably already seen from the beautiful uh, slides that were running as we came in this morning that our theme for this year, our goal is fit together. And that comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, which uh, Jake just read to us. Uh, we borrowed the word fit from the King James translation because it just makes a, a better slogan, better thing to remember, fit together. And uh, it's all about organic growth. Now, the Lord wants us to grow. He wants his creation to grow. And that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, in Genesis 1, on the day that he made the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, he gave them this mandate. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the air and fill the seas. And then when he made man, he said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the same thing. Be fruitful and multiply over the whole face of the earth, he says, to subdue the earth and uh, exercise dominion over it. God wanted us as human beings to multiply, to spread, to grow as a human race. Now, what about the church? Does he not have the same desire for the church? Indeed, he does. He said, Jesus said, as he was ascending into heaven, go into all the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. And uh, when he was leaving this earth, he said, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that we should uh, be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Obviously, he meant for the church to grow. And in the book of Acts, you see the disciples carrying out that mission that he gave them. The church is growing rapidly, and I think that was important. Otherwise, the inspired writer Luke wouldn't have recorded the numbers the way that he did. But he tells us, on the first day the gospel was preached, there were 3,000 souls that were added to the body of Christ. Later on in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, we learned that the number of the men came to be 5,000. Later on, Acts chapter 6, verse 7, we have another record that the number of the disciples were multiplying. So it's like God had stopped adding and he had started multiplying. The growth was exponential by that point. And throughout Acts, you see the gospel spreading to other parts of the world, getting into Europe and uh, all over the world as the disciples were carrying out that mission 
to grow the church. And I think we all know that what God makes, he wants to grow. Because if you're not growing, you're going in the other direction toward death. And so we all know that, but an important question to ask is, what type of growth does God expect? And you could think of two kinds of growth. What is growth? It's movement towards more, right? Adding more. Well, think of these two ways for growth to happen. There's shovel growth. Think of a pile of dirt, and you're shoveling dirt onto the pile, and is there growth happening? Yeah, the the pile of dirt is getting higher and higher and higher, but it's dead growth. The pile is not living in any way. It's not adding to its own growth. It's depending on the one holding the shovel to make it bigger. The other kind of growth, and the one I think God is looking for, is organic growth. And that's what our goal for this year, Fit Together, is all about. It's about organic growth. Organic growth comes from the inside. It comes from living, active matter. And when you look at the text from which we get this theme, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, you see a picture of organic growth. Rather, speaking the truth in love, Paul says, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is growing properly, makes the body grow, look at this last part, so that it builds itself up in love. A pile of dirt cannot build itself up. Dead matter does not build itself up. Only living things that grow organically build themselves up, and the church is to build itself up in love. So it's not just about more people. It's about more people, but people who are active, who are faithful, who are growing, who are maturing in Christ. Now, what has that got to do with fitting together? Well, that's another part of organic growth. Organic growth is not just growth that occurs in living matter. There are a lot of diseases that are caused by growth in living matter. Uh, For example, cancer. How does cancer work? Well, the body normally makes new cells to replace old cells that need to die and, and be discarded and dissolved into the body. Cancer occurs when the body keeps making new cells that your body doesn't need, and the old cells aren't dying when they need to die and get out of the way. And this overabundance of cellular material forms tumors, and cancer kills whenever the tumors grow into the vital organs, into the nerves, into the blood vessels, and block the progress and keep them from functioning the way that they need to function. That's disease, but that's disease occurring with some kind of living matter growing. That's not the organic growth that we're looking at. Organic growth is not just living matter growing, but it's living matter growing in harmony with itself. Cancer does not work in harmony with the rest of the body. It grows out of proportion with the rest of the body. It conflicts with the rest of the body. But organic means that a group is characterized by harmony, being jointly fitted together, 
where there is a relationship between the elements that makes the whole. Isn't that what we're seeing here in the text, Ephesians 4, 15 and 16, where the, the body of Christ is joined and fit together? By fitting together, we promote healthy organic growth, the kind of growth that God wants. Now, we've done something different this year with our, our goal. Every year, for the last several years, we've come up with a goal that's related to our budget, related to non-budgetary items, to needs that we, to the best of our ability, see coming. And every year, I've been proud of our goals that our leaders have made. This isn't something that, you know, just the elders sit down and do or just I sit down with the elders and do, but all of our deacons and ministers and elders put their heads together, talk about what's coming up, what we can foresee, what we prayerfully hope God will do, and that's where the goals come from. And every year I'm just so excited about the goals that we make. But what happens? It's like a lot of things we do in January, they're forgotten by February, right? And uh, last year, we know that our goals came from Acts 2.42 and following and had something to do with being devoted. And thanks to Patrick putting that up in front of us here and at home on our computer screens every service time, we remembered that. But how much did you think practically about it? Deacons, how often did you go about your work thinking, okay, we're, we're being devoted to worship, we're being devoted to fellowship? How... How did that goal serve you? And I think a lot of us would have to say that we kind of forgot about it when we got busy. So what we're doing to remedy that is we're thinking in terms of applications of the goal. How can we practically apply this goal throughout the year? And we came up with 12 applications that hit areas that needed emphasis maybe because they're weak or maybe because they're just very important to what we're trying to do. And we've lined those up by month, not because we only want to do that application in that particular month, but that month it will be emphasized to keep it in front of us. And let me share those 12 applications with you, and that's what the crossword puzzle is all about. As you get that and take that home, every month when we introduce the new application or you see it in the update, go to your fridge and fill it in in the crossword uh, so that you can keep track with us on our goals. So in January this month we're focusing on fitting together through Christ and the theme is Christ is the reason we fit together. Uh, the only thing that brings a group of people together in the special way the church is together is Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. Without that folks there's no way that there would be a church because the church is the body of Christ. He is the head. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. For February, the application is encouragers build us up so we fit together. There's a lot in the text about building up, and that takes a lot of encouragement. We're going to work on encouragement. There's some skills that need to be built up in that area. We'll, we'll work on that throughout the year, but especially in February. Then in March, the last month of the first quarter, young adults ensure we continue to fit together. Uh, we have a large group of, uh, I guess you call it young families, folks kind of in the middle of the life uh, lifespan, life processes. And uh, we've noticed that our number of young adults is getting smaller. 
And uh, whenever young adults come and visit here, they're looking around to see, are there other people our age in our station in life going through the things we're going through, uh, facing the challenges we're facing? And we want that group to, to stay strong and robust. Now, I think we had three babies born, uh, little Scarlet's with us today, so that's good. I heard somebody say, I think I'm getting this right, a sign of a healthy church is the sound of men singing badly and little babies crying. Now, what do you think about that? I, I think I know what that's getting at, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. We want to hear those babies crying. We want to hear men in there singing no matter how good or bad their voices are. Uh, we want to hear all of those sounds, and that means we've got to keep our eye on all age groups. And so there are three. This is the first of the three that we're looking at, the young adults. And we're, it's a challenge, but we're going to try to do some things intentionally to build up that young adult group. And if you have any suggestions on this, especially if you're in this age group, we want to hear from you. We want to know what we can do to help you because we are really dedicated to that this year. Let's go on to the next quarter, starting with April. Teachers guide our hearts so that we fit together. April is the beginning of a new quarter, so we thought this was a good time to emphasize our teachers in our Bible school program. In May, sowers spread the word so others can fit together. This has to do with evangelism and mission work. Uh, we always want to have a strong mission program here. And in May, we have an opportunity to talk about that. We um, are planning a medical mission trip. There, there are some hiccups politically in Peru right now that may threaten that. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we also would like to have some of our missionaries come and give reports and tell about the great work they're doing that we're able to partner with them in financially. In June... We'll talk about serving. We do a lot of service projects in the summer. This will kind of get us started. Servants show others how we fit together. And Jesus said, let, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we can show the world our harmony and our unity through our service. In July, learners grow to fit together. This is about discipleship. This is about learning. We talked about teaching in April. We're going to go to learning the other side of it, being a good Bible student, coming to Bible classes, going to open home meetings and, and contributing there, learning and growing. August, givers sacrifice so we fit together. Of course, we want to be giving throughout the year. August just seems to be the lowest month with giving. And so it's kind of near the end of the middle part of the year and it's a good time to remind ourselves of our financial goals and how much they matter and it also has to do with worship. In September we hit another specific group, our youth. I wouldn't say this is a matter of emphasis because of a weakness here or anything struggling, but as Jim said we had 13 baptisms out of the youth group last year and uh, most of you who are Christians today became Christians before the age of 20. And so it's imperative for the church always to work with the young people before they get away from home to make sure they know about Jesus, about the salvation through the cross. In September, oh wait, I already did September. What did, I didn't say the, the application of youth bring energy to a church that fits together. 
Next, in October, worshipers focus on the one who fits us together. We want to have great worship. We want to know what worship is all about. We want to focus on the one who brings us together. And so in October, that important application will be made. November, senior saints bring wisdom to a church that fits together. This is another group that has kind of been waning through the years. Someone said to me a couple of years ago, uh, this church is getting older. I said, what do you mean? He said, we're getting a lot of old people here. And I said, we don't have enough old people here. We need older people. We need all of these stages of life represented in our congregation. And uh, at the end of last year, the senior saints had a lot of opportunities to get together. Uh, some of them may have been a little exhausted from all the opportunities, but uh, they got together quite a bit, had a lot of fun, uh, grew closer together, and we want to see more of that this year. And again, not just starting in November, but that's when we're going to remind ourselves that we're doing this. And then finally in December, we'll talk about peacemakers, how they unify so we fit together. There are a lot of other ways we fit together that we'll be talking about this year, but these are the emphases that we thought should hit the the high points and what we're going to focus on and I want to spend the rest of this lesson just tying this into the text starting with Christ that's this month's emphasis Christ is the reason we fit together we wouldn't come together if it weren't for him and on that note I'd like to point out from the text what Paul says in Ephesians 4 verse 16 he says, we're to grow into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body builds itself up in love. It all comes from him. And so if we don't start out with Christ, we're not going to fit together. A lot of times when there's problems with unity and division in a church, it's because they have forgotten the reason they're together in the first place. You forget about Christ and pretty soon you're going to split apart. He holds us together. Now look at these uh, four things that Christ does. There are four things that we see him do with regard to creation, the natural world, and there are four things that uh, have to do with the church as well. First of all, he is creator. In the beginning was the Word, John says. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and through him... All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus was the agent of creation. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says this, By him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So creation was by him, through him, for him. And the same is true of the church. Just as Jesus created the material world, he creates the church. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Another role that he plays is as sustainer. After pointing out that he created the world... Paul says in Colossians 1.17, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What holds a church together? Is it not Jesus? Is it not his presence with us? Is it not the reminder of his love and forgiveness that causes us to forgive those things that might 
tear us apart. He is the sustainer of all things. He is also, thirdly, the restorer. Remember what he said at um, the tomb of Lazarus, who'd been dead four days. John chapter 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus restores life. Jesus can breathe life into a dying church, into a church that feels that its growth is plateaued. Jesus has breathed life into churches that have emerged from this pandemic we have all been through. He breathes life into church plants, into mission works, and he can breathe new life into us as well. He has done it and he will do it again. And finally, Jesus is the infuser of life. Remember what he said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant life is what he wants, not just existence. He doesn't just want this church to keep the doors open and go through the motions. He wants there to be joy here. He wants there to be love here. He wants there to be grace here and worship. He wants this place to be alive and glad to be alive. He is the reason why we fit together, and that's very important for us to remember from whom the whole body builds itself up together in love. That's the first application, the focus of January. We're going to be thinking about Jesus Christ and how he brings us together. What about the other 11 applications? Well, each month we'll roll one out and have a lesson based on that. But really quickly, I want to show you where they come from in the text. And there are two ways of approaching the text where you can see these applications. And the first one is to approach the text from the perspective of the two kinds of growth that occur in a healthy church where the members fit together. The first kind of growth is vertical growth. That's growth from us toward God. Our relationship with God is primary. That's the first and greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus said that. So look at the text, Ephesians 4. In verse 11, he said he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, that's the growth, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, listen to this, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What's full maturity? Becoming like Christ. Vertical growth. You, um, you, you can't grow without a goal. You have to know where you're going to. If, if growth is simply more, more in what direction? And Paul tells us it's more in the direction of Christ. In verse 15, he says, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Christ is the goal. And so it's important for us to ask, especially this month as we begin thinking about this, am I any closer to Christ this year than I was last year? Have I grown any in the last two years, the last five years? Is there any difference progressive difference between me now and me then 
And if you can't see a difference, or if you've gone backwards a little, which is very possible, there are going to be problems in your life that all start, that are rooted in this vertical relationship. So a church that doesn't have that vertical growth is not going to have this second kind of growth. I'll get to it in just a moment, but let me share with you six, that's half of our goals, our goal applications have to do with vertical growth. Christ, teachers, sowers, learners, givers, and worshipers. All those have to do with this first kind of growth. The second kind of growth is horizontal growth. And we have six applications devoted to horizontal growth as well. It's all right here in Ephesians 4. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So as we grow and fit together, there will be natural organic growth as a result. And the applications that, re- that relate to that are encouragers, the three groups, the young adults, the seniors, and the youth, and the servants, and peacemakers. So that's one way of finding the applications in the text is by looking at the two types of growth. Six of the applications that we're looking at this year fit together have to do with vertical growth. Six of them have to do with horizontal growth. Here's another perspective. You could look at it from the perspective of God's tools for growth. Now, as you see this in the text, you'll you'll find uh, these applications related again. So the first tool that Paul talks about is the truth of God's word. In the text, he contrasts in verse 13 through 15, a weak church susceptible to winds of false doctrine with a strong church that speaks the truth in love. Verse 15, when you speak the truth in love, you will grow. You see that in the book of Acts where time and time again, there's a correlation between the preaching of the word and the growth of the church. Let me just give you a few examples. Acts 2.41 Those who received his word were baptized and there were added to their number that day about 3,000 souls. Who were added? Who grew? The ones who received the word of God. Acts chapter 4 verse 4 says that many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. You see this correlation again. Chapter 6, verse 7. The word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. It's not a coincidence. There is a correlation between the two. And the reason for that is the way God makes a Christian is by planting in him the seed of the word of God. Now, if you're adding in your numbers, and the word's not being preached, you're growing something, but it's not a church. It might be a cancer, but it's not a church. Churches grow through the preaching of the word, the belief of the word, and obedience to the word. And friends, we can't ever get away from that. I know it's very tempting to look at other movements and say, well, they're getting all the people These uh, so-called churches are growing so fast. 
And they're watering down their preaching. They're not being so harsh. They're not being so adamant about certain points. We need to water that down. That may grow something. But here we're interested in growing churches, right? That's what we are. We're a church. We want to be in the body of Jesus Christ. And how do you grow the body of Christ? You can't do it any other way than planting the seed of the Word of God. That's the parable of the sower. And that's what we're all about here. And so if you look at the applications, we have teaching, we have sowing, which is specifically about evangelism, and we have learning. All those are about the importance of the, the Word, its vital role in the growth of the church. The second tool for growth that you see in Ephesians 4, 15, and 16 is mutual ministry. That horizontal action we were talking about a moment ago. It all starts really in verses 11 and 12 where Paul says that God gives the church leaders for this reason. Look at verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. I found that a lot of people don't look at it that way. They think that God gave leaders to do the work of ministry. In fact, I don't, I'm not opposed to this title, but I'm called a minister. And I, I wear that proudly. You know, people ask me what I do. Usually I either say I'm a preacher or I'm a minister. So I like being called a minister unless the idea gets across that I'm a minister to the exclusion of everybody else. Eli and I are not the only ministers at this church. Every single one of us are ministers in the sense of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. And he gets into detail in verses 15 and 16, if you look at it. It becomes very clear here that it's the body that's building itself up. You see, uh, the body from Christ, so he's the source. It's his body, though. So there's a sense in which Christ is building up the church, but that's the same thing as the church building itself up because we're the body of Christ, you see? And so the last phrase of it is that we build ourselves up in love. Now specifically, what does that mean? Three things. The building up is done, number one, by the whole body. Look at the wording here, the whole body, every joint, each part. Does that leave anybody out? No, it says we all need to be involved using our special talents and opportunities, what God has given us to do. We use it in our own way, in harmony with everyone else, to build it up. And so that's why we're concentrating on specific groups like the young adults, like the senior saints, like the youth, because we want them to know that it's not just about this middle group that's so active here at Asheville Road, but we want all the parts to be involved and have opportunities and have input in their own way. And so we have that. Secondly, just as God's tool for organic growth must be accompanied by love, the second tool is to be used in love as well. Mutual ministry is to be done in love. Last, uh, that first tool, the truth of God's word, speak the truth in love. Well, we're supposed to build ourselves up in love. And you'll notice the language here about joints, from whom the whole body joined and held together, King James fit together. What binds everything to, together in perfect harmony? According to Paul in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, 
the glue that binds us together in perfect harmony is love. So there will be no joining, fitting together without love. Love's what pulls us and holds us together. And so we're focusing on love for God through worship and giving. We're focusing on love for one another through service, encouragement, and peacemaking. Those applications are included there. The last thing about this second tool, mutual ministry, is that the building up works only when each part is working properly. You don't just throw somebody into a work without a little training. You never do that on the job. And I know all of you have important jobs and you make maybe important products or perform important services. And so you take it very seriously that because your product or your service is so important, you're not going to throw somebody in who's not trained. We've all been on the other end of that, right? We've gone somewhere to a store and gotten poor service, and it maybe isn't the person's fault. He or she just wasn't trained properly. What about here? Isn't what we're offering the world more important than any good or service out there? The gospel of Jesus Christ that saves people. And so we need to spend a lot of time training teachers, training evangelists, training our children. We need to spend a lot of time studying God's word about just Christian living, attitudes, how to treat one another. And so we see this emphasis on teaching and learning this year. All these applications, my point is, are found in these two verses. Paul has packed a lot together in the verse that feeds our goals for 2023. And so we are happy to be doing this. We've got a lot of work to do this year. I'm excited about us fitting together and working together in harmony toward this goal. Pray about this. Go and get the uh, materials that will help remind you. Hang them up in your home and think about it each and every month. Let's not forget about this by next month. Let's keep it before us. Leaders, let's use it to drive our meetings, our thoughts, our works. Let's uh, grow these works. Let's make them better, more efficient, more effective for the kingdom of God. Only Christ could bring us together in this way. Have you been added to the body of Christ? You know, the first step in fitting in is belonging. And so if you're not a member of the church, you can't fit together with the church. Because God hasn't added you to the body of Jesus Christ. But he can do it today. If you obey the gospel, if you believe and repent and confess, if you're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins this morning, you will be added to the body and you will fit with the brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe you haven't been fitting in because you've fallen away. You need restoration. You need our prayers. We're going to sing an invitation song. If we can help you in any way, let us do that right now as we stand together and as we sing.